The songwriter said that life is filled with swift transitions. Not on earth unmoved can stand. Build your hopes on things eternal. Hold to God's unchanging hands. And sometimes those swift transitions can make you feel like you're going through it all by yourself. This is The Motivated Mondays podcast, and we're here to start every week with a proclamation of praise, prayer, and absolute positivity. I'm your host, Dr. Al R. Harris Jr., and I want to thank you in advance for tuning in with us each and every Monday. Hey guys, thanks again for joining me here on Motivated Mondays. I'm so glad to have your presence here, and I'm excited to deliver this word to you from the Lord. One of the most interesting stories to me is found in the Bible. In St. Matthew chapter number 14, it is the story whereby Jesus has fed 5,000 men alone with two fish and five barley loaves. And then right afterwards, he tells his disciples to get into a boat and go to the other side. While they are in the midst of, on, of being on their way to where Jesus tells them to go, the Bible says they are caught up in a storm. Now, this is interesting to me because I wanted to understand why was it that they find themselves in a storm and they are doing what Jesus told them to do. And I, I feel like I'm not the only person who has felt like this before, that you're doing what you feel like God has told you to do, and yet you find yourself in the middle of a storm. And I'm not talking about the kind of storm where it's always where the wind is blowing in the waters or descending from heaven and things like that. But I'm talking about sometimes that's a storm in your health. That's a storm in your wealth. There's a storm in your relationship, in your marriage with your children, wherever it's at. There's a, there are storms that take place. And sometimes you find yourself asking the question, God, if I'm doing what you're telling me to do, why are you allowing the storms in my life? I mean, if you're God, I know that you're able. I mean, we've seen you before when you stepped out of a boat after we woke you up and you t spoke to wind and waves and told them to peace be still, and they did what you said do. And so if I'm doing what you're telling me to do, tell me why the storm? Well, it is Shakespeare that says that there are sermons in stones, books in running brooks, and that there are tongues in trees. And that every life's experience is one whereby God becomes didactic and that he's trying to teach us something about himself. And so God, I believe, even utilizes storms to teach us something about himself. And so there are some things that I discovered here. So the next time you face, find yourself facing life's storms, you can just remember these things that will help you to, to understand it. The first thing I discovered about why the storms is number one, they are governed by his providence. They are governed by his providence. Whose idea was it for them to get in the boat to go to the other side? It was Jesus' idea. Who, who, who implemented, who initiated this whole thing? It was Jesus himself. He is in absolute control. And one of the things that you have to understand is when you're facing life's storm is that God is in control. One of the most difficult things for us to understand sometimes is that God is in control. Sometimes we feel like that he's been taken over, that, that some evil force has now overpowered God. But God is in control. He always has been and he always will be. There are things that happen in life that sometimes make us feel like that some way and somehow God has lost control of the universe. But I want to remind you, child of God, that he is in control. 
Jesus was in control uh, a, a few chapters before when the disciples found themselves in a boat and the water and the wind was on that boat and, and they woke Jesus up and says, hey, Master Karis, doubt not that we are in this storm. He woke up and says to the wind and to the waves, peace, be still. Why? Because he's in control. When they found themselves being hungry, he calls for a lad's lunch, and with two fish and five barley loaves, he fed 5,000. Why? Because he's in control. And even when Jesus was hanging on a cross between two thieves, he stops dying long enough to say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. He's always in control. And so whatever it is that you're facing, regardless of how strong the winds are blowing, how hard the waters are coming down in your life, you have to remember that he is in control. Why the storm? Because God wants to remind us that it is governed by his providence. Here's the second thing you need to remember, though, is that we are guarded by his prayers. Not only is it governed by his providence, but then that we are guarded by his prayers. The Bible says he sends his disciples to get into a ship and go to the other side. But he himself went up to a mountain apart to pray. He's praying for us. The old folk used to say, somebody prayed for me. They had me on their mind. They took the time and they prayed for me. I'm so glad they prayed. I'm so glad they prayed. I'm so glad they prayed for me. When these disciples got into this boat, nowhere is it mentioned that they decided to pray for themselves. But Jesus goes up into a mountain apart from them and he prays, helping us to understand that prayer is necessary. George Barnet and his group, they discovered in their research that prayer has been minimized amongst Christians. The average Christian prays less than 15 minutes a week. That is something. The old church used to remind us, much prayer, much power. Little prayer, little power. No prayer, no power. We have got to put prayer back in our lives because Jesus teaches us that prayer is important and that we are guarded by his prayers when we are facing life storms, life circumstances, and life situations. So not only then are we guarded by his prayers and not only is it governed by his providence, here's the third thing that we have to remember and that is that we are gauged by his perception that we are gauged by his perception. He sees everything. The Bible in this particular passage says that they are in the midst of the sea and they are tolling and rowing because they are in a storm. But the Bible says that Jesus sees them. Now, he perhaps was at least a mile away from them. And Mark's particular account says that it's the fourth watch of the night. It's dark. He's distant from them because he's perhaps a mile away from them. But not only that, it's dark. The first watch of the night would have been from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. The second watch of the night would have been from 9 p.m. to midnight. The third watch is from midnight to 3 a.m. The fourth watch is between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. It's dark, and yet he sees them in what they're going through because we are gauged by his perception. God sees everything, and he knows exactly what you're going through. The, the storm may have distracted you. It may have you in a situation whereby you can't see your way. But I want to remind you that God sees you. He knows exactly what's going on. One of my favorite cars that I've ever owned was a 280ZX. It wasn't even a Nissan. It was a Datsun 280ZX. And that particular car, it had all analog gauges. 
and it didn't look the best on the outside, and, and sometimes my friends would be nervous as they were, they were in that particular car. Uh, and so one day I had one of my friends on the passenger side, and so uh, he asked me how fast would the car go. Uh, and so I just started to push it. We were on Interstate 49. I just started to push it. And he gets a little nervous once the car gets past 85 because he's thinking for sure you're going to stop. I push it on up to around 100, and, 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 and he's really nervous now. Now I'm up to around 125 miles per hour. And so he said, man, slow this thing down. Stop this car before it tears up. Man, this thing is going to blow up, you know, because the car looked ragged and stuff like this, but, but it would really go on down the road. But what he doesn't understand is that he's on the passenger side. He doesn't see what's going on. I'm in the driver's seat, and I'm looking at the gauges that are all analog. And while he thinks that the car has been pushed to his limit, I know exactly how far to push it because I see how much the car can take because I'm looking at the gauges. I perceive what's going on. And that's what I come to tell you, child of God. There are those of us that sometimes we don't know ourselves how much we can take. But God is seated in the driver's seat, and he knows exactly how much you can take. The songwriter said, why should I feel discouraged, and why should the shadows come? Why should my heart feel lonely and long for heavenly home? When Jesus is my portion, a constant friend is he. If his eye is on the sparrow, his eye is watching me. And I want you to know that God has his eyes on you. But not only the storm takes place because he wants us to know that we're gauged by his perception, guarded by his prayers, and it's governed by his providence. He wants us to go through the storm so that we can sometimes be gladdened by his presence. When Jesus steps onto the boat, he and Peter both come on. The Bible said the disciples were made glad. They rejoice now because he's in their presence. Sometimes it takes a storm for us to appreciate God. Sometimes people wonder why you praise God the way you praise God. It's because you've gone through some storms. And it's the presence of God that made you realize that you survived it because he was always in control. And so I want to just admonish you that whatever storm you may be facing, don't find yourself giving up. Don't, don't, don't be helpless, hopeless, and in despair. Just know that every storm comes for a reason. And find out what it is that God is trying to teach you about himself while you're going through your storm. I promise you that if you will trust God's heart, even when you can't trace his hand, what you will discover is that everything is going to be all right. Hey, guys, when I was young, I learned a song. And in that song, they told me that, listen, the Lord will make a way somehow. Whatever storm you may be facing, God's got it all under control, and he will make a way somehow. Like a ship that's tossed and driven Race so hard, hard to run. 
Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. Thank you for reminding us, Father God, that the storm didn't come to destroy us, but it has come to develop us. You've got it all under control, God. So God, teach us, Father God, to walk in faith and to remember, Father God, that everything is going to be all right. In Jesus' name, we ask it all. Amen. Hey guys, thanks again for joining us this week. Please know that as you face challenges, trials, and tribulations, that you've been given the power to go out and conquer the week. <laughs>